White Sox Weekly, your two-hour all-access pass to everything White Sox. Drive in the air! Deep to right! It is gone! This presentation of the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network is brought to you by Wintrust Bank and Mazda of Orland Park. Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. What is up? Welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. This is the dawning of a brand new offseason for the Chicago White Sox. For us here at White Sox Weekly as well, it's a brand new showtime, brand new episodes, all still downloadable on the ESPN Chicago app. Just go to any smartphone or any smart device anywhere. Download the app and download the shows. Be a lot of fun for you all off season long. We talked last week, Saturday, of course. That was a that was a different kind of setup. It was our final two hour show of the season. One final uh, you know, kind of two hour romp through the White Sox into the 2021 season. Had a lot of fun. Talked a lot about issues. Uh, a lot of ups. A lot of downs for the White Sox in 2021. Well, really, a lot more ups than downs. But when you don't win the final game of the season, you had expectations to maybe head to a World Series. Certainly, it's going to change a little bit. But the offseason comes for everybody, and teams get remade. Another shot will be taken. The White Sox have themselves a window to go ahead and be a competitive ball club. You know, one of the few teams heading into each offseason for the next couple of years, hopefully, that gets to say, yes, realistically, we expect to be in the postseason. We expect to compete for a World Series championship. So that's kind of the lens we're taking throughout the offseason. We're going to be here for you every single Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'll be here. Tyler Aki will be here most days. I don't think the guy gets or takes vacation. I think he's an indestructible Iron Man that's here every single Saturday morning. He can't be stopped. So he's our producer. A couple of treats for you, too. Um, here's the plan for today. We're going to talk to Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago, at 9.30. Our guest of honor on Saturday is usually going to be at about 9.30 or so. We'll check in on the things that uh, you know that kind of pertain, the news items that really hit the White Sox hard. Looking forward to next week, though. It's going to be a little different approach, I think. We'll tease that a little bit later on. Um, a few news and notes items about the White Sox as we get started. Uh, but I do want to talk about uh, the, the playoffs as well, because I think there's something. You know, we saw the Astros advance to the World Series last night with a win over the Red Sox. Uh, so they're headed to yet another fall classic. They beat the Red Sox four games to two, five nothing the score last night. And, of course, the reason I kind of focus on them more than maybe any other team in the playoffs is because that was the first-round matchup for the White Sox, of course. And things were a little lopsided in that ALDS, at least when you look at the scores. They, they certainly were. The Astros... And they're a darn good ball club with an offense that doesn't seem to quit. And it really, yeah, I, I like looking at each individual team throughout the playoffs and trying to, you know, find the little thumbnail story of their run. But you got to be careful not to take too much out of that thumbnail story. I mean, after all, it's like, you know, you do Google image search or something and all those pictures pop up. Not every single one of them is going to be of the thing you searched for, which means like not everyone is going to pertain to the thing you want to know about. You're going to get all kinds of different, you know, images that pop up, all kinds of different perspectives on the thing that you're searching for. And I think we got to be really careful when we look at a playoff run or an eventual World Series champion, whoever that ends up being, 
that's not the only way. That's not the way baseball is trending. That's not how you got to construct your roster for next year. But it is, I think, at times, kind of indicative of the the form of baseball that we're in, kind of the environment that we're in. We'll take a look at that in just a little bit as well. I want to bring you a couple of White Sox news and notes items uh, to start the show. I want to dig into the bullpen as well. And we're going to start kind of breaking down position groups over the next couple of weeks, taking a look at where things were last year, where things might be headed next season. We'll help with the help of Vinny Duber at, at nine thirty. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about that White Sox bullpen in two thousand twenty one, and the changes might be happening in two thousand twenty two. As always, though, this show is yours, White Sox fans. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You got something White Sox related? You want to talk playoffs? You want to talk a little baseball? This is your show for Sox fans. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We are also, and here's the. Uh, and here's the brand new treat for everybody in the off season. I'm not sure it's a treat. I think it might be a form of punishment. We're back on Twitch. Yeah, that's right. Follow us, ESPN 1000 Chicago. It's on Twitch. Is the, is the camera running? Do we have that up and running? Do I need to press something? We're it's working been so on long it. since I've been in this studio. Okay, we're working on Twitch. The Twitch chat is up. Nice to see everybody in there. Hi, hello. You can submit questions to the show via you know that. Follow me on Twitter, C1 McKnight. That's the Twitter handle. We tweet out what we're up to on the show uh, before the show starts. Because if we did it afterward, that would be useless. Here's a couple of things I, I want you to know about if, in case you missed them. Maybe you've been paying attention to the playoffs. Maybe you backburner baseball for a little while after the Sox are uh, done with the playoff run. Wouldn't blame you for that. Here's a few things we found out about this last week. Yes, Monty Grandall had surgery on his right knee. A uh, It sounds like a cleanup procedure for Yaz. Of course, it's the second knee surgery he's had in the last, oh, man, call it five months, I think. Obviously had one that sidelined him for a good chunk of the 2021 season. And when he came back to the White Sox lineup, he was absolutely incredible. A tough series against the Astros, though, for Yasmani Grandal, at least at the plate. Uh, but offensively this year, it was both an incredible and crazy weird season. I mean, he, he had the batting average eh, well under 200 for a good start of the year. First couple of months of the season, he didn't pop over the 200 mark until he came back to the White Sox lineup on August 27th. That was his first game back after the surgery, and he went four for six and got the average from 188 to 203. He finished a 240 hitter with a 420 on base and slugged 520. For just about anybody, that compilation of numbers, that slash line, a 939 OPS, that's amazing. For a catcher, it's elite. And even when Yasmani Grandal was kind of struggling to make some contact or the contact he was making was a little bit weaker and a little bit more on the ground in the first couple months of the season, you know, all the way from April up until his injury July 5th, he was still a 188 hitter. Yeah, not great. But a 388 on base percentage. The guy was on base. And for the last, call it 20, 25 games of the season, or of his his first half, from June up until the injury, hitting 256 with a 392 on base and slugging 561. So it absolutely did click. And for the entire month of June, yes, Bonnie Grandal was, if not the best hitter, uh, the second best hitter in the White Sox lineup for an entire month, month and a quarter. Here's what Grandall posted on Instagram. Uh, it's just kind of a photo of him wearing the, you know, the kind of hairnet 
and the surgical mask. And there's a shot of his knee with it's it's got like an ice pack and all that kind of thing popped up there. But I thought it was I think what he wrote is kind of interesting from a uh, from personal standpoint. Here's yes, Monty Grandal's Insta post. And yes, those are words we just said here on White Sox Weekly. He wrote to say this year was a challenging learning process is an understatement. Thanks his wife for always understanding, even having to schedule his second surgery on their ninth anniversary. Uh, thank you for always putting up with a smile on her, on her face. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Guarantee you this. It's going to be one hell of a ride on the south side. So buckle up. We'll see you soon. So, yes, mining Grandal knee surgery. It does sound like, according to James Fegan of The Athletic, the White Sox expect him back and ready to roll for spring training once that comes around. Grandal is a big focal point in the White Sox offense, obviously, and defensively as well. I, I think it was pretty obvious to start the season that the knee was bugging him some. You saw him go through multiple catching stances. He had the one knee kicked out. A lot of guys are going down to that one knee thing. A lot of criticism about that catching stance. But for the most part, I think the idea of it is that it helps you frame low pitches, bring them back up, and that's where you want to live if you're a pitcher. So those are the those are the pitches you need to steal if you're a catcher. Grandal healthy, and I, I think he was definitely that coming back from his knee surgery in, um, what was that, August. Grandal healthy was, was really incredible offensively. Defensively, you know, if, if you look at some of the numbers, his ability to throw out base runners or kind of lack thereof, and really that was for everybody behind the plate for the White Sox in 2021, I, I guess you could say, listen, this is now a guy who played what the entire season on two knees that weren't 100% right. I haven't caught at the big league level, but I do know that knees are pretty important to that job. So hopefully his being healthy for the bulk of 2022 uh, helps him both offensively and defensively and the White Sox tremendously. Uh, Another kind of news and note item for the White Sox as we get started here. Evan Marshall is going to have Tommy John surgery, has had Tommy John surgery. Um, So that is going to, that is essentially going to exclude him from the 2022 season, or at least most of it. Now, Evan is um, hes a competitor. I mean, that is a tough-nosed dude. He's kind of no-nonsense. He really only talked with the media uh, once. That was when he was trying to throw a couple of bullpen sessions in the last two weeks of the season. And the hope was that he could just kind of grit his teeth and get through kind of a, a tear around the elbow area it ends up he needs Tommy John surgery now obviously but at the time the, the hope was that you know he had rested long enough that the thing was back together enough that maybe just maybe he could throw a couple of bullpen sessions and perhaps be valuable in the playoffs turns out that wasn't the case Evan Marshall went right He's a very interesting and, and I think impressive reliever. Obviously, he, he didn't have that season and, and, and probably wasn't right for most of his 2021. Evan Marshall, all told, through 27 and a third innings, had a 5-6 ERA, gave up five home runs, walked nine, struck out 26, faced 113 batters, and just you know too many guys on base and too much power when they hit the baseball. Three walks every nine innings. Walks per nine for relievers are what they are, but it wasn't the right Evan Marshall. It wasn't the guy you saw last year. It uh, wasn't the guy that could really contribute right in the middle. Marshall, too, you know, will be 32 going into next year. A right-hander, but because of the stuff he throws, he can also work against lefties and do it pretty well. So, Marshall being out for most of 2022, likely, 
uh, changes the prospective bullpen for the White Sox next year. And kind of in a big way, if you start to think about all the dominoes that could fall, uh, moving Michael Kopech into the rotation, wanting to stretch out Garrett Crochet, maybe or maybe not trading Craig Kimbrell, those are the kind of things that we're going to dig in on with Vinny Duber coming up here at 9.30. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the playoffs and what it may or may not mean for the White Sox and Astros series now that we look back on it. Uh, I want to also kind of bring up a few things that I think we might be able to learn about these playoffs and how they could help the White Sox be better in next year's playoffs. For right now, though, I want to let you know that you can secure your spot at Guaranteed Rate Field next season with a 2022 ticket package. Catch the biggest matchups and enjoy 2022 postseason opportunities, flexible payment plans, and more. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. We're back in just a few here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Now on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. Well, thank you, big voice guy. I appreciate it. We lay down the brand new liners with names in them and stuff like that. This is legit is what it is. Tyler Aki is our producer. This is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Hey, you can bring your game, your group rather, out to a White Sox game in 2022. If you did it the other way around, bringing your game to a White Sox group, it would be less fun. You should bring your group to a White Sox game in 2022 and receive specially priced tickets Along with a great experience, get priority access to select the biggest matchups, choose the best space for your group, and postseason priority for 2022. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Talking all things White Sox. Wanted to dig into the playoffs a little bit as well. Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago, is coming up in about 10 minutes. And we're going to dig into the playoffs, uh, rather the uh, the White Sox bullpen in 2021 and looking forward in just a little bit. Got some fun White Sox news and notes towards the end of the show. Oh, uh, you can follow us on Twitch now as well. ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. The chat is lively is what it is. I like to chime in during the breaks on the Twitch chat when I can. Anyway, I was looking through this. You know, the Astros are now moving on to the World Series, and I'm sure that comes with mixed emotions for White Sox fans. I, You know, however you feel about the Astros is however you feel about the Astros. I, I won't tell you how to do that. Um, they beat your White Sox, okay? So if you if you just don't like it, you're, that's, that's fine. I, I could hardly blame you. If you still have, uh, as a baseball fan, kind of a, a hangover effect, from the Astros' sign-stealing issues, I can't blame you there either. If you still have speculation as to what the Astros are up to, I can't. That would be only be human. That would be only human. I promise you. I get that. If you look at Dusty Baker, a guy who Tony La Russa, um, you know, has a somewhat interesting relationship with over his years in baseball, and and even still, you know, regardless of what got said at the end of the year. Tony said heading into that series, Dusty is well qualified for the Hall of Fame as a manager, probably as a, as a player and manager, too. You look at the bulk of his career, um, that, that you'd be happy about him. That's fine by me. 
And if you think about this too, you know, the Astros, you know, as we kind of tip the cap to the team that knocked the White Sox out, at least, you know, grudgingly, the Astros now are, are a different looking squad, I think, than the team that cheated. Yeah, there are still some old standbys. And yes, Jose Altuve got booed literally everywhere he went since the scandal, the news of the scandal broke. But, you know, by a lot of different numbers, and if you look at some of the people that have broken down that trash can banging scheme, the banging scheme, that's what it was, right? We're calling it that. That's, that's a thing we're calling it. Jose Altuve, you heard that noise, that cheating noise. Happened fewer times for Jose Altuve than anybody else on that team. Which is weird that it just attaches to him. I guess for a lot of reasons it's understandable, but it did. The reason I'm looking at the Astros in the playoffs, now that they're in the World Series, right? They're one half of the World Series matchup, and we'll see between the Dodgers and Braves. How about the Braves? Dodgers and Braves, uh, who's going to be the NL contingent there? They've got a game tonight. Dodgers down 3-2. to two. Uh, in that series, games at 8 o'clock. And as far as I've seen, Tyler, maybe you can help me out in a quick Twitter search. Dodgers have not announced a starter for game six. It won't be Max Scherzer, uh, but they went with a bullpen game the other night. They got hit around some. And that's kind of where I want to bring up you know, the Astros a little bit here, too. If you look through the Astros starters so far in the postseason, the series against the White Sox and the series against the Red Sox now, I'm just going to go through real quick here. You tell me if something smells... I don't know, interesting to you, especially as it relates to some of the White Sox struggles against said Astros. Lance McCullers started game one. Everybody remembers that. He was great. He went six and two-thirds. Framber Valdez started game two against the White Sox. He went four and a third. Luis Garcia started game three, two and two-thirds. Lance McCullers came back for game four, lasted four innings. He's now hurt and not on the roster for the LCS, which just finished. And I don't believe they're expecting him to come back for the World Series. But anyway, he went for In the ALCS against the Red Sox, Framber Valdez started game one, went two and two-thirds. Luis Garcia started game two, went one inning, gave up five. Jose Urquidy went one and two-thirds, gave up five. Zach Greinke went one and a third, gave up two earned. Framber Valdez finally gave the Astros a long, good start. Eight innings, one earned in Game 5. And then Game 6, Luis Garcia followed up with probably the next best start. Five and two-thirds, no earned runs. The Astros got away, really all postseason so far, with very little contribution, save one, two games maybe, from their starting rotation. They acquired bullpen help in the season, Kendall Graveman being one of them coming over from the Seattle Mariners, and a couple of other guys but arms that they could throw with some distance. I mean, you look at some of the I'm length, I guess. You look at some of the pitching changes, some of the uh some of the guys that have been in, some of the box scores, it's just everybody that's been throwing. So while when we look at the White Sox and their performance against the Astros in the ALDS, yeah. Maybe baseball's best rotation or the American League's most quality rotation from day 1 to day 162, to game 162, underperformed. It is not uncommon to see teams just go whole hog on the bullpen and throw everybody out there an inning at a time because now we've got the three-batter minimum thing. The White Sox bullpen, we're going to get into this with Vinny Duber in just a couple of minutes on the other side of a quick break. The White Sox bullpen on fan graphs via wins above replacement was the second highest ranked 
bullpen in baseball. Only the Tampa Bay Rays had more wins above... And I'm not saying that wins above replacement is an end-all, be-all stats. just a snapshot. Remember, that's how we talk about it here on the show. But the Rays had a 7.9 for all their relievers. The White Sox put up 7.8 wins above replacement. They struck out everybody. They got a ton of ground balls. And, and, two things can be true. I think they could have been better in 2021. And they'll probably have to retool some things to be as good in 2022. Vinny Dubers, our guest, in just a couple minutes. You can enjoy the best views of the ballpark, though, in 2022 with an all-inclusive experience in premium seating. The Guaranteed Rate Club and Wintrust Scout Seats, oh my god, they're so much fun to hang out in, include flexible payment plans, postseason options, and more. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. We'll talk with Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago, about the White Sox. When we come back, it's ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. As the uh, big voice guy and gal said, coming back from break, download the ESPN Chicago app. It's available for iPhone or for Android. You download the app and all of our shows here on the station and every single White Sox Weekly, including our interviews with honored guests here in the offseason, are available at your leisure. 312-332-3776. If you got a question for Vinny Duber about the 2021 White Sox, we are opening the phone lines. Vinny and I are here for you. Uh, Vinny's here for me, actually. This No, I'm not kidding. He's, he's here for White Sox fans. He covers the White Sox for NBC Sports Chicago. He's a damn fine man, and he joins us now. Vinny, how you doing, man? Good morning. Thanks for the time. Hey, you've got it. When Connor McKnight says you got to be on the radio, <laughs> you got to make sure you join him. Regardless, you drop everything to do it. Lord knows. Lord knows. Uh, hopefully you didn't have to drop too many things, 930 on a Saturday, but it's always fun talking baseball with the playoffs around us. Uh, as I mentioned, I kind of wanted to dig into the the bullpen in 2021 and then some of the options, issues, questions, concerns heading into 22. I know we're early on in the process, but it's never too early to think about what a winner uh, might look like. And I guess the reason I wanted to focus on the bullpen is kind of twofold. One, the performances in the playoffs that we're seeing, specifically on the American League side, but also because we did get the news about Evan Marshall's Tommy John surgery. I guess we kind of thought that might be coming. But with the moves that are likely to be made in this Sox bullpen and now not having Evan Marshall, the Sox need to probably go out and get a couple arms, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you're looking at a situation in which the bullpen could be a huge offseason need for him. I mean, I think a lot of people are circling second base where there might not be an answer right away, right field where there's an opportunity to improve, certainly. Um, and, and so many folks are, are focused on the starting rotation after the way things went in the postseason. But the bullpen is going to be as big a need as any, in my opinion, if you look at kind of the way that things can, can play out. Uh, you've got, you know, Craig Kimbrell's option is obviously going to be uh, a big topic of conversation here as the offseason goes along. He's got that player option for, or that team option rather, for next season. And I think you're, it would be, you know, unsurprising to see the White Sox move on from him after uh, the way things went poorly uh, after they acquired him in that deadline deal with the Cubs. 
Uh, you look at Michael Kopech, who we've heard for you know a, a whole year now is going to be slated to be moved to the rotation. We heard it uh, last spring uh, that this was a guy that they were going to use the the 2021 season to ease him in as a reliever after he missed two years. You know, don't put the pressure on him as a starting pitcher. Well, he doesn't really have a, a whole ton of innings under his belt now, but I guess they're going to try to, to put, put that pressure on him now. They think he can handle it being a starting pitcher. We'll see, obviously, what the rest of the offseason holds uh, on that front. But you take those two things. You mentioned Evan Marshall's Tommy John surgery. Ryan Tapera, the other reliever they acquired from the Cubs, is also a free agent uh, to be. So, you know, Liam Hendricks and Aaron Bummer, the, the back two look pretty good the way the season ended for both those guys. But uh, there's going to be a lot of question marks in filling in uh, behind him. Yeah. So, Vinny, I was I was looking through before we get you know too deep into the crystal ball. I wonder how you look at at the following stat. I mentioned it before you came on via Fangraphs. White Sox relievers totaled 7.8 wins above replacement. That was the second highest total in baseball. The Rays had a 7.9 wins above replacement as a reliever crew, right? And that counts everybody who came in in relief. So even that even that. Um, it wasn't a start, but Dallas Keuchel resuming a game that Lance Lynn started counts as relief work. You know, that kind of stuff. Just for, not, I know you know that, but for, just for everybody who's measuring the counting thing. What does that make you think about the 2021 White Sox, if anything? Does that change how things went for this ball club? I think I think what it says is that they probably turned it on at the end of the year. That, that's what it kind of says to me. There were so high expectations in spring training, right? You remember Evan Marshall saying, you know, if they're not elite, that'll be a disappointment. You remember hearing Aaron Bummer say, you know, we're going to be sixty and zero or whatever it was with uh, with a lead after the fifth inning, and and those. They had they had reason to talk so big because the bullpen looked like it was going to be a very talented crew, but then things didn't go that way, uh, certainly in the first half of the season. But you look at Liam Hendricks, he was so good all year long. Aaron Bummer, at kind of at the all-star break, really flipped the switch and, and got back to being more of the guy that people expected him to be. And then uh, Ryan Zapero was very good uh, after that acquisition um, at the trade deadline. And you had other guys who were you know being called upon to do work, and they were getting the job done. Guys like Garrett Crochet, that comes to mind. Um, you know, obviously there were the big moments that everybody's going to remember with Kimbrell. Heck, there were big moments that everybody's going to remember with Hendricks, with Bummer, the guys that yeah. they're going to be counting on next yeah. year. Um, but I really think that the bullpen overall, as you just mentioned through that stat, did did its job, right? I mean, and, and I think you can credit the starting rotation a little bit for that because they were just so, so good that there wasn't a lot, you know, there wasn't as much maybe work that the, the bullpen needed to do in cleaning things up. Uh, the, the rotation was dominant throughout the season. And so the, the pitching staff, as much as people want to focus on that being the thing that went awry for the White Sox and the ALDS, for six months before the those four games, the pitching staff was rock solid. And, and, and the bullpen was good, but as mentioned, um, it is going to look different next year, most likely. Yeah, so I think the biggest issues for the White Sox, as it relates to your, your idea of the bullpen looking different, it's Kopech and Crochet for me. I mean, sure. The you know the hot take, the the hot button topic is Craig Kimbrell's uh, you know player option, pardon club option, but the idea of either Kopech or Crochet or both moving into starters roles beginning in twenty twenty two are have much bigger ripple effects for the White Sox next four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years than anything else. Absolutely, and I think that I think that the, the Kopech move has obviously been long forecasted. I think there's probably 
been a little wiggle room with Crochet, even though Crochet is a guy who the White Sox view as a long-term starting pitcher. Uh, I think there, you know, there is you can envision the potential of him being in the bullpen again next season, just because they might like him in that role. And and you know, there's not a lot of room in the starting rotation for him to slide into immediately. Obviously, if they were going to start that transition to uh, a starter, you would have to think that it would be a possibility that he would be sent to the minor leagues to to work on that. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, these are guys who throughout the year in 2021 were part of the most relied on arms at the back end of the bullpen. I mean, look at what Michael Kopech's kind of evolution was. We were talking about him the first half of the season as, uh, you know, a guy who would come in, throw a couple innings at a time. He was getting all those spot starts in the, in the second games of double headers, you'll remember. Um, and then by the end of the year, it seemed he was – you know, their seventh inning guy. You yeah. know, he he was one of their setup men, or at least before they acquired Kimbrell and Tapera or or and shortly thereafter. But and then you look to the playoffs and he was throwing in the middle of games because they had stretched him out to, to throw three innings at a time to do just that. Uh so I think his versatility is probably what will be missed if he ends up going into the rotation next year, as has been forecasted. Um and you talk about the ripple effects for the next, you know, however many years down the line. Those ones look like positive ones because you're so, you know, the White Sox are so high on what those guys can do as starting pitchers. Those ripple effects, you know, impact the rotation maybe more than they do the bullpen. When I look to 2022, a year the White Sox are going to be, you know, chasing a World Series championship, I look at the effects that it could have on the bullpen. Did 2021 change your opinion of Michael Kopech as a potential starter? If so, how? I don't think it changed my opinion. The only thing that I would say is there is an inarguable question mark about putting a guy who threw the number of innings that he did as a reliever last year uh, into your starting rotation as you try to be the best team in baseball, right? I mean, and I think that's what we, that's what I think kind of the big takeaway was from the ALDS is that the White Sox might be the best team in the AL Central, but they weren't the best team in baseball yet. They, you know, they weren't able to get over the Astros. They weren't, you know, who knows what would have happened had they advanced to the ALCS. But the takeaway that I have is, all right, this is it. This is winning time. This is everybody is going to be working to make sure that there are as few holes on this roster as possible because they want to be the best team in baseball and win the World Series. Is Michael Kopech going to be able to handle 30 starts, you know, in the rotation after he just uh, logged what he did as a reliever. So we'll see. And, and certainly I think you build in safeguards, you know, if you're Rick Hahn to make sure that, that if that issue pops up, that, that you're covered uh, per se. But uh, I, I don't think that anybody should be doubting the potential of Michael Kopech because what he showed um, in 2021 was very, very good for the most part. Um, now, obviously, you know, you look at some of the numbers from the last two months and, and they weren't uh, as sterling as they were earlier in the year. Uh, you know, he, he had his moments where he was giving up runs, including both of his outings uh, in the ALDS. He gave up three runs in each of those outings. So uh, not perfect by any stretch, but um, a guy who certainly still has the potential that everybody has been dreaming on since uh, he was acquired from the Red Sox way back when. The White Sox have four starters on the roster now. Kopech would make five. Am I crazy to think that Triple A starts for Garrett Crochet or a possibility in 2022? I don't think that's crazy to suggest at all. I think until we hear from the White Sox what their plan is, you know, it's it's a bunch of speculation and it's a bunch of guessing at the moment. Um, but remember, this is a guy who they think is going to be a long-term starting pitcher. But 
never pitched in the minor leagues. His his entire professional experience um, is as a major league reliever. If you're going to build him into a starter that can pitch for a championship caliber team that can be a member of a championship caliber rotation, my my assumption would be that you need to get him some practice doing that. And so, be, being a starter in the minor leagues is probably the way you would do that. Again, what does that do, though, to your big league bullpen and how much sort of remaking of that group would you have to do in order to allow Crochet's development to progress as you hope? One of the things, Vinny, that I'd hoped to see from the White Sox last season and kind of talked about after Game 2 in the Astros series was seeing Liam Hendricks deployed in in a few more uh, interesting, maybe middle-of-game, high-leverage spots. I actually... I wanted Hendricks to come out of the pen to relieve Giolito in Game 2 after he'd walked the leadoff man, Altuve. You know, that all that considered, do you think that there's a possibility of, of Hendricks perhaps being used in, a, in an atypical closer role, or at least a little bit different one? Well, I think that that's something that's probably going to end up being unique to the postseason. That sure. would just be my opinion. Sure. I think when you talk about the regular season, you are using guys in their roles because that's what they're comfortable doing. And boy, did Liam Hendricks do a fantastic job doing the role that he was asked to do in, in during the regular season. I don't think anybody would would doubt that that it that it worked. You know what I mean? Liam Hendricks using Liam Hendricks the way they used him worked during the regular season. In the postseason, when it comes to bullpen management, it, it does kind of seem like all bets are always off. Um, and I mean, I think the the way that you've been seeing some of the other playoff teams kind of deploy their pitching staffs. Uh, not just this year, but but over the last several years, uh, would indicate that that should always maybe be a possibility. Now, that being said, I don't know if it necessarily applies to the exact situations that the White Sox were in. You know, when, when Liam Hendricks was coming in to pitch, the games were were decided, and that's not what you want to do, right? You want to use your, your weapon to help you decide those games, not to, to as kind of like, well, you know, uh, it's a bummer we didn't get to use them kind of thing. That being said, there is so much talk from everybody involved with a baseball team, be it manager, coach, or player, about how important that ninth inning is. They always call it the, the most, the three most important outs of the game. They always talk about what sort of different mindset that a player needs to have in order to succeed at those. And in a lot of cases, you're trying to pr- preserve the slimmest of leads and in the playoffs against very good teams. Um, so, you hear Liam Hendricks, you heard Liam Hendricks talk all year long last year about how he had to constantly shift his mindset to make sure he was in the, the right headspace to go out and dominate in the ninth inning the way he so often did. So I, I don't really necessarily fault someone for saving the guy for the reason that you got him, if that makes sense. But that being said, the way that play, the playoff pitching happens nowadays you certainly got to keep everything on the table. And maybe next year, if the White Sox are in the same position uh, in the playoffs, maybe you do see something different. Yeah, you watch a couple of these last games, and everything is an emergency. You know I mean, coming back from commercial right. break is an emergency to these managers, so they just make the change. I, Reynaldo Lopez was depth for the White Sox this year, but he was critical depth. And I know... You know, mostly we're looking at his starts, and you and I are focusing on the bullpen here. But, you know, kind of in the same vein about asking about Kopech or Crochet, the same kind of question gets thrown to Reynaldo Lopez, right? I mean, where where does he fit the White Sox in 2022? I mean, I think he fits in exactly the same role he had this year because it was a role that he flourished in. Yeah. And I think, you know... Um, you look at what we just talked about with Michael Kopech, maybe an, an innings workload being a question mark. I'm not going to say an issue, but a, but a question mark. If you're going into 
2022 and you want some depth to back up Michael Kopech in terms of a starter, Reynaldo Lopez would count as that, right? And I think that having him in that bullpen role to be a long man or to come in in the middle of games and, and, and get the outs that you need him to get uh, is valuable as well. And so you put both of those roles together in one guy, and, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to have on your roster. Not only that, but he's maybe, you know, one of three guys that we're talking about who played key roles in that bullpen this past season who would be back next year. So, I mean, you know, you're, if you're trying to fill out that bullpen – uh, with guys that you can count on, Reynaldo Lopez showed that you can do that in 2021. And not only that, you're getting the starting depth that you might find yourself needing, um, given the, let's say, inexperience of, of Michael Kopech in a starter's role. Last dude I want to talk about in the Sox pen is Jose Ruiz. Uh, up and down season for him, had some moments where things got away from him. But the you know overall shape of the year was good, I think, for Ruiz. He was out of options, needed to make the ball club in order to stay with the team. Throws high heat, uh, has a power curve. If you look at just the stuff and his good innings, you go, wow, that's that's a thing. I would like to see him challenge to go ahead and take, you know, higher leverage stuff. You know, if the White Sox pen gets shaped out the way, you know, a, a, a contender would, and I, I think they will. I would like to see Ruiz challenged. I wonder if you think the same and whether he's got what it takes to step up. Yeah, I think he'll be in the mix. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's the best thing you can say. I mean, he was in the bullpen mostly, mostly the entire year, and, yep. and certainly was, and certainly was called on a lot. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy who had the confidence of his manager in the situations in which he was deployed, and there's something to be said about that. I think, um, obviously, you know, a source of fan frustration at times, uh, and, and maybe that's the case always with the guy who's maybe you know. I, for lack of a better term, the last guy in the bullpen, maybe, you know what I mean? I think you nailed but, it. Um, yeah, right. But, but uh, you know, I think that he's a guy that, that will be in the mix uh, going forward. But like I said, I think there's a lot of work that, that Rick Hahn uh, is going to do and might need to do, and we don't know necessarily how all of that is going to shake out. There's also guys, too, that it seems to me always kind of, find their way in there every year. It's a new guy every year, yeah. right? Like, you know, someone's going to have a good spring training and they're going to be there and they're going to be like, all right, this guy's just in the bullpen this year, you know, because he showed something in spring training. And maybe that's a guy like a Ryan Burr or a Jace Fry or somebody who's been around, but, you know, it just clicks one year and they have a good year. And, and maybe that's what it's going to be. Um, but I think, like I said, there's work to be done in that bullpen. I think it's going to be necessary and I think you're going to see it done um, outside of just the guys who are currently in the White Sox employ. Vinny, appreciate you as always. Let's get back to your Saturday or fire it up, regardless uh, regardless of how your Friday night went, I suppose. We'll, we'll leave you to your own devices. Appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Once we get a better idea of, you know, free agent targets and stuff, we'll, we'll put, some, uh, put some bullseyes on this White Sox bullpen. Absolutely. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it. You got it. Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago. He's a fine man. Follow him on Twitter. Find his stuff, NBCSportsChicago.com. When we come back, some fun news and notes about the 2000 uh, potential future White Sox, I I guess. Maybe guys who could make the 2022 roster. We'll see. We'll take a look at the Arizona Fall League in just a moment. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. And you can upgrade your game day experience in 2022 to a private diamond suite. The perfect space for hosting family and friends or entertaining clients for a game. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. This is White Sox Weekly. You got ESPN 1000.
This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. Hey! Upgrade your game day experience in 2022. The Guaranteed Rate Club includes in-seat service, parking, and unlimited food and beverage. Ticket packages start at 20 games. They include flexible payment plans and 2022 postseason opportunities. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. I'm Connor McKnight. You got White Sox Weekly. We're out here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and the hockey show is next. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley are coming up. Mark Lazarus of The Athletic is their guest at 918. He's a fine hockey talker. Uh, but one thing I wanted to let you know, White Sox fans, before we got out of here, is that the Arizona Fall League is underway. You know the Fall League. That's the Solar Sox and the Salt River Rafters, the Scottsdale Scorpions, the Surprise Saguaros, the Peoria Javelins, and your Glendale Desert Dogs. Uh, each one of those teams has five or six big league clubs that send prospects down there. I love the Arizona Fall League. If you haven't made a trip down there, it is some of the best baseball watching you can do. It is an amazing trip. You're one of, I don't know, maybe like 100, 150 people in the stands watching these games, watching top, at least hitting prospects go down there. You can always find the scouts in these ballparks. You'll notice them by the uh, quarter zip pullovers, the Oakley shades, or if they're not wearing the shades and you're at a night game, they've got the suntan lines from the Oakleys right there on their face. they got a high trucker mesh hat, Absolutely too. Absolutely. Got mm-hmm. one of those going on. You always know the scouts. You, you can see You might even them. see a Fred McGriff with a cowboy hat on, too. I've seen that a couple times. At the Fall League? Not at the Fall League. He was out east on some of those summer baseball leagues. That is for legit. College. You, you could always spot them. So my advice to you is if you're headed down to watch the Arizona Fall League and see some Sox prospects play, is get yourself seated kind of close to a scout, right? Listen to the conversation because they're going to be talking. I promise you that. And don't don't talk to the scout during the game. And I'm going to talk to you then. But maybe in between innings, if you just ask, and I give this advice every year, if you just ask, hey, who you looking at? Just keep it real simple. They'll usually just start talking and tell you stuff. It's the Arizona Fall League is so great. And on that White Sox team, it's not a White Sox prospect, but it's a Cardinals prospect, kid named Lars Newtbar. He's a real human being. You can watch him play baseball. You can entertain your group in the CIBC Fan Box, the only luxury suite on the main concourse. Enjoy new customizable food and beverage options in 2022. Visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000 for more information. Big thanks to Vinny Duber and Tyler Aki. I'm Connor McKnight. White Sox Weekly is over. We'll talk to you next Saturday. The hockey show is next with the handsome Pat Boyle and the handsomer Brian Hanley, Mark Lazarus as well. This is ESPN 1000.